ranked by U.S. News & World Report among the top 10 rehabilitation hospitals in the nation, Shepherd Center specializes in medical treatment, research, and rehabilitation for people with spinal cord injury and brain injury. As a service to our community, we present Shepherd Center Radio with host Melanie Cole. In the United States, more than 795,000 strokes occur each year. Stroke can happen to anyone at any age. In fact, research shows strokes are on the rise among younger people. So it's important to know these risk factors and work to prevent those that can be managed, such as high blood pressure and high cholesterol. If you or a loved one experiences a stroke, early and intensive rehabilitation is key to achieving the best outcomes. My guest today is Dr. Ford Vox. He's a staff physiatrist with a subspecialty board certification in brain injury medicine at Shepherd Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Vox. Tell us a little bit about stroke. Give us the symptoms of stroke and what risk factors should we be on the lookout for? Well, stroke can present in many different ways, and in many ways, that's one of the most difficult uh, things that people recognize about the condition, and the reason why some people don't present as early as they should uh, directly after symptoms begin. But uh, any new neurological symptom should potentially be concerning for stroke. This includes any type of sensory loss, any vision loss, any weakness. In particular, some types of strokes may May, may affect the speech, for example. The speech could become slurred. A person may be have, having trouble speaking. You could see weakness in the face. Um, any trouble walking and so forth. Um, but any new symptom in terms of a person's primary functions of sensation, motor function, thinking, or speech, that could be a stroke. Are there certain risk factors that predispose? Is this genetic? And, you know, are there risk factors we can change or control? Yes, fortunately, there are many risk factors that we can control and uh, significantly lower our risk of stroke. And um, top among those is hypertension. That's really the leading risk factor. Just bringing your blood pressure down about 10 points will reduce your individual risk on average about 33%, which is really impressive. But far and away, hypertension is a leading cause for both the two major types of stroke, whether uh, ischemic, those strokes caused by a blockage, or uh, bleeding types of strokes. Beyond that, uh, controlling one's uh, dietary intake in terms of the amount of uh, cholesterol and fats, having a good uh, lipid level. Uh, certainly, if you have a chronic condition such as diabetes, keeping your blood sugar under control is key, and avoiding things like uh, smoking and excessive alcohol intake, and of course, exercise is key. As soon as stroke starts to occur, and if you notice those symptoms that you discussed, time is brain with stroke, correct, Dr. Vox? So what treatments, What? how fast can you get treatment? What happens? That's right. Well, uh, now for the first uh, four and a half hours after a stroke has presented, we do have the option in certain patients, if you meet some of the qualification criteria that lower the risk of adverse events of uh, using one of these uh, clot-busting drugs. Uh, chief among them is, uh, 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 is tissue plasminogen activator. And if you get to uh, a stroke center in quick enough amount of time, certainly in that four-and-a-half-hour window, that's a possibility if you have one of those blockage types of strokes, one of the ischemic strokes. Beyond that, some uh, uh, more subspecialized stroke centers are able to offer interventional treatments that are increasingly becoming the standard uh, in order to actually retrieve clots and, and perform stents. And we have a great institution here in Atlanta that saved many patients who are then able to come to a center like uh, Shepherd for rehabilitation, patients who may not have even survived before because of the advanced treatments they're able to get in a city like Atlanta. 
based on the treatments, how fast they got in. What is after stroke life like? What kind of rehab is available at Shepherd Center? What can people expect? Well, Shepherd Center is known for uh, taking a range of, of stroke cases, but among them, some of the some of the toughest uh, out there. Uh, we will treat patients who uh, have been so, so severely affected by their stroke that maybe they're they're on a ventilator, or maybe their their consciousness is not even fully restored. We're treating patients who may have language difficulties, in addition to paralysis on the entire side of their body, for example, sensory and vision loss, or some variation or, or bits of those things. So we treat patients who may just have a bit of weakness, in an arm or a leg, all the way up to people who have profound disabilities. And uh, the important thing to recognize about uh, stroke and stroke recovery is that first few months after the stroke is critical. Certainly the entire first year is a time of rebuilding new connections, but uh, we think about the first three months uh, as really the most ideal period. We're seeing really dramatic changes when we intervene in each of the deficit areas that a patient has. So we work here with large multidisciplinary teams. It's not something I or any other physician here can do ourselves, uh, but we're tackling uh, each of the problems that may be related to a particular person's uh, stroke, and, and sometimes the list can be quite large. So there are different types of stroke centers, Dr. Vox, primary versus a comprehensive stroke center. What's the difference? That's right. Well, in terms of um, uh, the, there's the acute care and then the uh, post-acute care. Um, in terms of the acute care, not everyone is able to provide some of the more interventional treatments that, that uh, are available in certain dedicated centers. Again, like, for example, Grady Memorial Hospital here in Atlanta. When you talk about the uh, post-acute care, so uh, after the, uh, perhaps some patients may need neurosurgery even, for example, or monitoring of intracerebral pressures, and uh, there's a whole array of potential things that, uh, that can cascade and, and need to be monitored on the acute side in a neurointensive ICU. But after that, when the patient is deemed you know, stable enough uh, to proceed with uh, medical rehabilitation, um, that's when it's, it's key to look at centers who have subspecialty certification uh, in uh, stroke care, uh, folks who treat a high number of this population and can recognize some of the secondary effects that need to be diagnosed and treated uh, acutely and manage complications. Um, unfortunately, many patients can be fragile for uh, months after a stroke and even suffer uh, uh, second and third strokes or have other complications related to aneurysms and so forth. It's very important to be treated by highly trained clinicians, including the therapists who understand uh, and can pick up on uh, important symptoms that you may be having. And, of course, the availability of you know, the modern technologies now that we have to, uh, to rehabilitate stroke, uh, including some of the, uh, the robotic interventions uh, and other ways to keep patients engaged. I've heard that strokes are on the rise in young people. Why do you think, in your opinion, Dr. Vox, that this might be the case? That's right. So right now we have kind of this statistical epidemiological information coming from places like the CDC and other people gathering these statistics, and we see these numbers on the increase. Um, this type of data, unfortunately, can't be drilled down to the point that we know for sure exactly what the risk factors are, but we see other trends changing in the population. We see rates of obesity increasing. We see kids being diagnosed themselves with hypertension uh, earlier, and we do see more sedentary lifestyles. Obviously, computer use has uh, certainly uh, risen, but among kids as well, 
you know, kids sitting in front of, you know, video game machines and computers and not being as active as, as previously, I do think there is something to that. We can we can see changes in our lifestyle becoming more sedentary. In addition, obviously, we're all eating more processed foods, higher in salt, fats, and so forth, and foods that are, that aren't uh, that that aren't fresh uh, as much. And I think that. Um, uh, I think that that, unfortunately, is, is a big factor as well. I think we're seeing a decline in our diet and a decline in our physical activity, and that is in turn is leading to our children to suffer these as well. So tell us a little bit about the clinical trial that involves stimulating the brain before rehab starts and what that could yield as outcomes for patients. That's right. So we are engaged uh, right now in a uh, clinical trial of uh, what's called transcranial magnetic stimulation, the magnetic portion of that kind of throws people off and they think about an actual magnet, but it's an electromagnet, and what we're doing is electrically stimulating the cortex of the brain. Now, this particular trial is for people who are uh, three months post up to uh, 12 months post their stroke, so so most patients certainly will have had some uh, early rehabilitation before enrolling in a trial such as this. And patients, of course, like any trial, have to meet certain criteria, and not all patients that I would love to send for the trial are able to qualify for it for various reasons. Uh, but in this trial, we are trying to rebalance the activity of the two hemispheres of the brain. We've uh, understood more in the past 10 to 15 years about the process of rehabilitation after a stroke and what is going on in terms of the brain activity. And we recognize there's kind of a competition between the hemispheres of the brain. A, a stroke typically occurs on one side, leaving the other side intact. And part of what's happening when we look at the, the, the activity of the brain with the advanced uh, uh, scanners that we have now is we see that the intact side is actually uh, competing with the more uh, impaired and injured side and pushing down its activity. Uh, and so what we're actually doing is attenuating or bringing down the activity of the more intact side of the brain using uh, the electrical stimulation in order to allow the injured side of the brain uh, to become more active and combining this with, uh, with rehabilitation. That's fascinating, Dr. Vox, and so exciting. You know, hope for stroke patients in just the last minute. Please give your best advice for Stroke Awareness Month and really what you want the listeners to know and why they should come to Shepherd Center for their stroke care. Well, I do want people to recognize that that we are all uh, at risk. Um, You know, there are genetic factors that we don't all understand. I see perfectly healthy people who are doing everything right in terms of their their own eating and lifestyle and and everything, but still you can have a defect such as an aneurysm or a spontaneous tear in an artery. No one needs to feel or should feel invincible from this, and so we should all have some level of awareness of the types of symptoms like we discussed at the beginning of the program that that mean that you should seek immediate medical attention. And beyond that, understand that, uh, that stroke is obviously a a potentially life-altering condition, it's very important that you seek out the best both acute and post-acute care and and really seek out uh, providers who are able to treat the whole person. And obviously our goal is to uh, increase that person's function to the point that they're able to return to life as independently as as previously and return to work and so forth. And um, we are able to achieve that for many cases, obviously not all, Regardless of where people end up on the spectrum, uh, our goal is to improve quality of life, and I think that's what you want to look for in terms of um, uh, the centers that are going to provide care for uh, yourself or a loved one. Thank you so much, Dr. Vox, for great information. You're listening to Shepherd Center Radio. For more information, you can go to shepherd.org. That's shepherd.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.